Clinton Pro. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. We're at war. Whether you realize it or not, we are at war. You are engaged in warfare. The Bible tells us that we're engaged in warfare and actually calls you and me soldiers. Now, you may not be aware of that because that's not often mentioned, but let me direct your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 2, where the Apostle Paul is directing Timothy as his spiritual son, and he says, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. For no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now, you don't have to have entered the United States military in order to be a soldier, therefore. Now, today on Viewpoint, we're going to be talking about many in the military, but we're also talking about us, all of us. Now, yours truly has never been in the military, but this very day, I had the privilege of conducting a funeral and a memorial service for a member of the military. In fact, he went through the Vietnam War. He was uh, received back into this country, not with accolades, but with rotten tomatoes and uh, eggs. It wasn't pleasant. And in fact, uh, caused him to endure a great deal of mental and spiritual hardship for he had been adopted as a child at the age of one, struggled with what that meant, and then his own country rejected him for the sacrifices he had made in Vietnam. Do you know that there are a lot of people like that? There are a lot of soldiers out there that have been rejected like that. In fact, the suicide rate among soldiers has advanced dramatically, much more than the civilian population. We'll talk a little bit about that as we go further into the program today. But I want you to know that you and I, we need to understand that you and I, whether we have been in the military as we know it, are called soldiers by God. And if that be a a truth, then we need to realize the nature of the warfare that we're involved in And we're actually told that the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, they're not bombs, they're not guns, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, such that you and I are called to cast down every imagination, every reasoning thought, and everything that disagrees with God's viewpoint, and bring our minds, our hearts, our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That has to begin with a kind of spiritual boot camp, my friends. And boot camp is never pleasant for any soldier, including for God's people. But the problem is that we resist boot camp. We just don't want to go there. We want to feel good. I want to ask you a question before we go further into our program with our guest here today. Do you think when a person, a man, a woman goes into the military, that they go in there to feel good? 
You think it's about feelings? Do you think it's about some sort of glory day? I don't think so. There's something more, much more important that's involved there. And we want to talk about that with our special guest here, Chad Robichaud, who is joining us from Houston. Uh, He has also been in the military, uh, former recon, force recon marine, with eight deployments to Afghanistan as part of a joint special operations command task force. And he's founded a, a nonprofit organization serving military communities concerning faith-based trauma, combat trauma, and resiliency programs. He's joining us today with his book, Behind the Lines. And uh, Chad, it's so good to have you on the program. It's great to be on. Thank you for having me. And uh, so how long have were, were you in the military? Are you still active? Yeah, it's, uh, no, I'm not active anymore. I was in for 14 years. Uh, and, um, you know, as, as well as my father, who is a Marine, and both my sons are Marines. Wow, so, uh, so you're, a, you're a, a genuine, a uh, are you always faithful? Semper <laughs> yes, Fi, most, always very, faithful. Very much a Marine Corps, Marine Corps uh, family. Well, I know that that's the, the motto, but the question is, are we always faithful? <laughs> uh, well, I haven't always been faithful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my, when, uh, but, um, you know, my, my family is, uh, definitely a lo- loyal Marine Corps family. And, uh, and we have our, had our shares both, you know, from my father's experience, you know, I heard you speaking earlier coming home from Vietnam and mm-hmm. facing some of the hardships that our Vietnam faced, the uh, veterans faced to uh, me coming home after my deployments from Afghanistan and, and uh, really falling on my face and having my own struggles. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, I was uh, you know, thankful by the grace of God, I was able to uh, learn lessons to pass on to my two sons, who are, you know, one has just finished his six years in the Marine Corps and went to Afghanistan as well. Mm. And my other youngest son is just joining the Marine Corps. So, you know, by the grace of God, I'm able to share the lessons that my father and I learned, have learned. So, Well, they say they once a Marine, always a Marine. Is that true? That is true. That is true. Uh, Marine Corps is something that becomes part of you for the rest of your life. Well, I love the motto, Semper Fi. In fact, in my book, Renewing the Soul of America, one of the chapters is called Semper Fi. And uh, talking about whether or not uh, we, the people, are faithful. Uh, Are we faithful to one another? Are we faithful to God? And uh, uh, I think one of the problems that we're facing as a country is that we're not faithful this very day. Uh, I unfortunately had to deal with another situation, not in the military, but uh, a situation where a professing Christian man has gone AWOL uh, with his family and with his spouse and, uh, you know, trying to deal with situations like that. Uh, The world is filled with lack of Semper Fi, lack of faithfulness, uh, even in God's own house. Uh, have you found that to be true, even among uh, military folk? Yeah, it's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, I heard you say earlier, you know, you don't join the military for yourself, and you, you believe that would be the case. And unfortunately, we've just seen this uh, shift in culture mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. where everything is about individualism. Everything has really become about what makes people happy and uh, self-fulfillment and self selfishness, which has driven, you know, the world to a very, a very, very terrible place to, to be in right now. I mean, we just, uh, we see this in the military. We see this 
in culture. We see this, as mm-hmm. you're saying, in churches where people are acting on, you know, really acting out on those selfish desires and everything becomes about them. Well, we need to talk a little bit more about that, and we will uh, as we go on through the program here today. This is an issues-oriented program, Chad. And, uh, uh, yes, we are going to talk about your book, but we're also setting the, gr- the groundwork and the foundation for the very reason for your book uh, yes. in this conversation now. I think you know that. So uh, you and your friend Adam Davis uh, put together a book called Behind the Lines. Uh, tell us what this book is about. Well, it's a, it's a, you know, both of us have written several books, but we came together to do this one, uh, which is a 365-day devotional on uh, just daily devotions for those who are who are in the military mm-hmm. to have a have a you know a few minutes a day to spend time in in God's Word and uh, and understand it from what you said earlier from a a warrior mindset uh, having a, a yeah. warrior. Well, we're going to promote that when we get back. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. What are things like behind the lines? The lines are out there. The lines are drawn. The lines of battle are drawn. The lines are drawn in the sand of life. God even draws lines for us in the scriptures. And we find ourselves behind the lines. But what are things like there? And what if you have been in the battle, you see, and you're out in front of the lines, then you fall back behind the lines. Maybe maybe you uh, uh, have gone home for a furlough. Maybe you have uh, just stepped back. Maybe you're uh, uh, in R&R for a couple of weeks or something there in the military. But what are things like behind the lines? Why is it important to deal with and provide hope for men and women behind the lines when, in fact, you would think that uh, what's really important is what's right up there front on the line. Our guest today, Chad Robichaud, uh, wonderful Spanish name. I like that Spanish name, Robichaud. (laughs) (laughs) No, I studied French, so I know it's not Spanish. (laughs) Uh, Do you have a French heritage? Uh, I'm from Louisiana, so I got to Oh, Louisiana shirt. down there. Okay, yes, you do. <laughs> yep. Cre- Creole yep. French, right? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Okay. Um, so when a serviceman, regardless of what service they're in, uh, steps back from the front lines, then he is behind the lines. What's the difference? Well, I, I think behind the lines is being in enemy territory. Uh, that's, that's what behind the lines is. You know, I spent, I spent uh, my eight deployments in Afghanistan and as a joint special operations command task force as an AFO, uh, essentially out behind the lines working deep in a uh, Taliban infested territory. Now, what does AFO uh, mean? You're going to have to cut out these, uh, <laughs> acronyms and give us yeah. some real conversation here. Yeah. A- AFO is an advanced force operator. Which oh, is, uh, essentially doing clandestine, all the clandestine logistics to set up, you know, put, put your uh, operations on target on a 
you know, put your assaulters and your gunfighters on a target to capture or kill bad guys in special operations. Mm. And uh, so you really so, are out there in the midst of the battle. I mean, in and behind in behind the enemy lines. That's a dangerous place to be. It's, yeah, it's a dangerous place to be, but it's where, you know, a lot of very important work gets done. And, uh, you know, during my time doing that, I uh, believe that I made a very deliberate choice in uh, a reconciled when I began to, when I first got to Afghanistan, uh, do or can I be a person of faith and be a warrior at the same time? And uh, in well, my that's an interesting or, question or, because uh, it's very along those very lines that we have such questions. Uh, can can a Christian engage in war? If there's such thing thing as uh, legitimate warfare for a Christian. Are you t- should be you be totally uh, uh, given to to peace and not war? Should you ever uh, engage in direct warfare where you might uh, actually kill somebody? These are all big questions, aren't they? They are. Yeah, it's just the just war theory, and uh, you know, I believe you know, I don't believe God called us as Christians to be bad. But that's a question, and that takes me to why I had to ask that question. Uh-huh. I didn't. In my immaturity or naiveness and just lack of education uh, from biblical truths, I thought the two couldn't coexist. I thought a Christian, a person of faith, could not be a warrior. And so I made a deliberate choice to choose to say I'm going to put faith, God, on a shelf because in my life right now I have to be a warrior. And I intentionally put God out of my life, and I believe that decision left the giant's hole inside of my heart that over the years I feel with hate and rage and anger and bitterness and a real darkness came over me that almost cost me everything. Wow. And, uh, and, uh, you know, so not understanding the truth to what you just said really made me make a, a, a poor, almost a, a eternally catastrophic decision that uh, almost cost me my family, my life. Um, you know, it, it led me down a very dark road. And after eight deployments to Afghanistan, you know, I came home diagnosed with PTSD, dealing with debilitating panic attacks, mm. anxiety, depression, anger, all these things. And it led me down a three-year downward spiral that uh, led me to almost divorcing my family and finding myself alone in, a, in, a, in an apartment closet with a pistol in my hand, uh, making the decision that I was going to take my life. And, and um, Well, I'm so glad that, that you was, did not, Chad. Uh, there are an awful lot of servicemen out there that are considering that. And uh, I have right now an article that came out uh, uh, June 24th. Uh, here's the title. Since 9-11, military suicides are four times higher than deaths in war operations. An estimated 7,000 service members have died during military operations since 9-11. Uh, while suicides among active duty personnel and veterans uh, during those conflicts have risen to over 30,000. That's horrifying, more than four times as many. To what do you attribute that? Uh, I attribute a lot of, uh, let's see, uh, I'm doing some math here while you're talking. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I would uh, say those numbers are not disagreeing with you, but disagreeing with that article. Those numbers are way off. Uh, in the last 20 years, we've had 160,000 documented suicides of, of veterans in active duty service. Wow. That's, that's the real number. 
Why have uh, and, Why have they downplayed this? Do you think? Uh, well, you know, I I think the duty military they hasn't they haven't been able to downplay it. It's had a thirty five percent increase in the last year alone with. Uh, since the COVID lockdowns, right. uh, the reason they, they have downplayed it is because, you know, you spend billions and billions of dollars in the VA. The VA is the largest, uh, second largest government institution in the second biggest budget in our government. And uh, and they have not been able to solve this problem. Billions of dollars, over 2,000 clinical programs stood up and the problems only continued to get worse. You know, I uh, think I think part of it, uh, the motivation for not reporting the actual facts uh, it's like it's the same motivation that we have with COVID and not reporting sure. the actual facts concerning the danger of the so-called vaccines. And uh, why do they do that? Because they don't want the people to dis- be discouraged from taking the vaccine. They don't That's want right. uh, uh, new potential soldiers to be discouraged from from enlisting. And so they just don't tell the facts. They don't, t- they don't tell the truth and they hide them. I mean, this should yeah. be. This the the hundred and sixty thousand suicides in the last twenty years since the war on terror should be front page news every single day. Should until be until this is solved. It's not. In two thousand nine, President Obama signed an executive order to remove faith programs from the VA and DOD. Uh, and it, since that time, at that time, the suicide rate was sixteen a day. Uh, two years after that decision was made, an executive order was signed and faith based programs removed out of VA and DOD. The suicide went from sixteen a day. 22 a day is a so exponential spike with the single change yep. of removing those uh faith-based programs well um, the, the, what's the, what's happening is uh they removed the hope of the gospel they removed the ability to trust in the lord uh trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path uh so many things in the scriptures in the psalms david was a warrior and he encouraged himself in the word of the Lord. But th- then you had Mr. Obama, who came into the picture and began to order the military not to allow chaplains to actually uh, speak the truth concerning Jesus Christ and the word of God, uh, especially right. concerning certain issues, uh, social issues. So we have an open political war in the military led by the uh, the commander-in-chief, including including Joe Biden, uh, to, to, what should we say, actually disassemble the trust of the military. When I, when I go around the country and talk about President Obama sent an executive order to remove, and, and it was Vice President Biden at the time, remove faith-based programs to VA and DOD, people don't believe me. I have to show them mm-hmm. that that actually happened. In 2016, when President Trump was campaigning, I had I was one of six veterans that got to ask President candidate Trump at the time any question I wanted the most important question I could ask him because of my own story and I will we'll circle back to that mm-hmm. the most important question I could ask him was if he becomes president of the United States will you overturn this executive order and bring faith based programs back into DOD and VA he said yes he was elected president General Flynn appointed me to the VA transition team I followed up on it he signed that executive order. I was I was appointed to be the chairman of the White House faith-based coalition uh, and help implement these things. And during the last two years of the, the Trump administration, we got so many policies implemented back in the VA and DOD. Those things are being fought for right now to maintain yeah. the ground well, we gained. Joe Biden is doing everything he can to eradicate them. 
Uh, and right, uh, yeah. you've got the likes of uh, General Milley, who, uh, as the chief of staff uh, in the military, is uh, actually working overtime to diminish uh, the integrity of the military, it seems. Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, it seems that General Milley, head of the, the chief of staff there uh, in the Pentagon, is doing everything he can, working triple time on behalf of Obama's orders to uh, diminish the trust in the military and to eradicate the strength of the military, including any uh, spiritual strength. Yeah, and speaking on, uh, you know, being speaking on topics that are clearly socialism, socialist and communist right. agendas uh, from being in the position he's in is, is uh, and, and not being relieved immediately for speaking of those things is, is, is a scary place for our country to be in. I'm looking at your, your book here, and certainly the way it's designed, it's a great design for what you are trying to accomplish called Behind the Lines, uh, 365 Daily Challenges for Military Personnel. And uh, here it is in olive green. I was a little surprised you didn't use uh, blue as a Marine, but uh, olive green, that gets the military uh, idea out there. And you have a number of chapters. I think the this, these are broken down by month. Uh, the month of January deals with family matters. The month of February, maintaining your position. March, combat readiness. April, delivered from deadlock. May, fire and maneuver, and uh, so on. Heart of a hero, July. August, resilient warrior. Uh, September, integrity in check. October, strength of a warrior. And November, fit for service. So each one of these months... And all of the uh, the daily challenges that you are presenting in here are along the lines of strengthening those particular areas for a military man or woman, isn't it? Aren't they? Yeah, that's right. It's uh, you know, it, it goes back to that that question I asked myself and and uh, that decision I made to to try to do life on the battlefield without God and uh whether it's the battlefields of Afghanistan or the, or the battlefields of our daily lives, we cannot, we were never meant to do battle, uh, do battle without, you know, God. Right. And, uh, and I would, without being in a relationship with him. And, you know, I learned that lesson the hard way that led me to be in the neck closet with a pistol in the hand, trying to decide whether I want to live or die. And, and, um, you know, that same hopeless thought that, that I found, which was, you know, my family would be sad without me, but they would be better off because of the damage mm-hmm. I caused to them mm-hmm. because of the PTSD. That same hopeless thought finds a home in the hearts of 20-plus veterans every single day because lacking the biblical truths that, that God has for us. Oh. And, uh, and uh, you know, when when I was in that closet, uh, I remember my wife knocking on the door of my apartment, and I wasn't going to answer it. And then when I heard her voice, she announced herself a, uh, I put that pistol down and I went to the uh, door and I got this argument with her and she asked me a question that radically changed my life. She asked me, you know, how I could do everything I did. And she saw me become a recon Marine and go through all these schools and training and deployments. And, you know, my time as a, as a professional athlete, which is another thing that I was, uh, did in my life. She's mm-hmm. how could I do all of those things when it came to my family that I would quit? And Whoa. Uh, yeah, that question for me, you know, there's the mo- no more soul cutting word to me than to be called a quitter. And, 
you know, I had, she was right. I've been successful at professional things in my life, but it came mm-hmm. to the most important things, being a husband, being a father, uh, being a Marine and being a, you know, being someone that had important things still to do a mission in life. And I couldn't all those things include my will to live. And I made a pretty, a pretty radical decision maker, maker. And I made a decision in that moment that was to get back in a fight. It had nothing to do with God, but I knew I couldn't do it alone. Uh-huh. And I knew I couldn't do it with the people I surrounded myself by. And a man from the church that my wife was going to stepped in my life and began the, the, the willingness to mentor me. And I remember the first time I met him, I met him at a Starbucks coffee shop and I had written a plan uh, of how I was going to fix my life. And I really wanted to end the show it to my wife and I slid it over to him. And I remember telling me I was going to fail and being really offended because he didn't even really look at it. <laughs> he, tapped, he, he, he tapped on that paper and he said, if this plan doesn't have anything, anything to do with your relationship with God. I'm not going to waste short time. I'm not going to let you waste wow, time. Wow, wow. Okay, we're going to get back with this right after the break. Friends, you got to get a copy of Behind the Lines. You might know somebody that really, really needs to get this book. Behind the Lines, encouragement for the soldier. We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. We're talking with Chad Robichaud today, a veteran a soldier who uh, is very concerned about his fellow military folk, both currently active and no longer active, but suffering and having to make life decisions. The book called Behind the Lines, and uh, it is a an $18 book, but it's yours for $16 on our website, saveus.org saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Again, behind the lines. And uh, there's a sense, I think, in which many men feel like, even if they're not in uh, the military, they're maybe in business or other kinds of things. They feel like they're behind the lines. Uh, there is a battle that is raging in our culture, and it's threatening to take down everything. It's threatening to take down everything that's important, and men are buying into it. Women are buying into it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking here, uh, Chad, latest statistics uh, coming from uh, regarding uh, divorce in the military. Researchers determined that military couples file for divorce more than civilians. Supervisors of 
first-line enlisted troops showed a 30% divorce rate. The U.S. military contributed to three of the top ten careers in which a divorce occurred. Individuals enlisted in five fields involving air weapons, tactical operations, reported ex- reportedly experienced significantly higher divorce rates. The average age for divorce is 30. The first-time marriages reflected approximately 41% of the breakups. Stress, mental health issues, and insufficient income were contributing factors. Service members deployed away from home faced higher rates of divorce. Dangerous conditions led to stress or depression that can affect a couple's ability to interact the way they did when they first met. And fascinatingly, female troop members experience almost three times as many divorces as males. Now, with those facts, and you have reported that you yourself were planning on either divorcing, basically divorcing by self-murder, by suicide. That's another form of divorce, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, one of the statistics you pointed out in there was that, uh, another broad uh, report was, you know, that, that it's significantly higher for those who deploy in combat. Uh, that significantly higher is 80%. I can 80%. believe that. I can believe that. And uh, so that's, uh, you know, definitely a tragedy and it comes it comes down to uh you know, the chaplaincy i've been in hamstrung they can't there's no spiritual resiliency uh in the in our, in our military marriages uh, for me and my wife you know my wife is a strong believer and and uh and it really pursued uh god for our family but because you know i i had made that had that myth and that that belief inside me that i just could do that when i got older but it couldn't fit in my life at that time uh-huh. uh you know it almost cost our family and uh you know i like I said, I was found myself in that closet with my pistol in my hand, looking at my family pictures, crying over my family pictures, deciding that hey, it was going to be better off for them if uh, if if I wasn't part of the picture anymore. Well, some and, men uh, may yeah, just I, say, you know, I I I don't uh, I don't feel any commitment here anymore. Uh, you know, I I'm I'm interested in other things. Uh, maybe I've got my eye on some other frisky filly or that kind of thing. Uh, there are many things that draw men into an AWOL position with regard to their families and their ma- and marriages, aren't there? Sure, there there is. I mean, um, in the, the, at the root of all of it is is, uh, is selfishness. Um, I mean, that's that. Now, is wait a minute, wait a minute. You said uh, the root of it all <laughs> is selfishness. That's right. Yeah. How I could not agree more. I could not agree yeah. more. It's all about me, right? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever decision leads someone. To divorce or leaving their their wife and children or family or, or vice versa when a, when a, when a woman leaves their family uh, whatever whatever the circumstances are the root cause of that is it comes down to to a selfish selfishness wow. and uh, about me being happy in this moment and you know the Bible teaches us the opposite the Bible teaches us especially in in the realm of marriage the Bible teaches us that it's about selflessness mm-hmm. about uh it's not about us it's about others our lives were our lives were created meant to be lived for others. So uh, how did you, uh, you you were at a point where basically you had abandoned in spirit uh, your family, uh, your your marriage. Uh, Obviously, you did not have ongoing real significant affection at that time. Uh, So how did you make this turn uh, to come to the place where you are today? I think at the root of it all, at, at the root of it all, was was a selfish spirit that I had inside of me. 
And, uh, and also the fact that uh, because of the PTSD and anxiety and depression, panic attacks, mm-hmm. and after eight deployments, having buried 15 friends over those times, you know, a lot of trauma that I experienced, uh, I had really had no empathy. My, I couldn't feel. So mm-hmm. when I would do things that hurt my wife or hurt my children, I couldn't feel it. And uh, that numbness made me feel very out of place, like, you know, something was wrong with me and made me kind of uh, walk away from uh, wanting to have intimate relationships. Well, don't you think that men in other situations other than the military could find themselves uh, kind of numbed out, uh, numbed out to their feelings and uh, Ab- just about business and, you know, whatever it is Absolutely. It takes to get Absolutely. ahead? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, military does not have a monopoly on trauma and hardships. Uh, and uh, there's a million ways in this world that I believe you could be hurt, that you could get off track and lose purpose. I do believe there's only one way to get well and one way to find who we were created to be, and that's through a relationship with Christ. And uh, and that's what I encountered at that Starbucks, sitting across mm-hmm. from Steve Till. I had no intention of ever stepping into a relationship with Christ, but as Steve told me, this plan you have is going to fail because it has nothing to do with God. I remember thinking in that moment that I had tried everything. I had been through... I've been on a medication mm-hmm. uh, for PTSD and anxiety and depression. I've been on the, through the VA programs. I've been through uh, I had professional success, I had financial success. I achieved the highest level of special operations you could achieve. I achieved all these things, uh, some good things, some bad things. But of all those things, nothing had worked for me. And, mm-hmm. and we have a saying at my foundation, at Mighty Oaks Foundation, if what you're doing isn't working, and why not try something different? And, uh, and so, well, tell us about you your know, foundation. Uh, <laughs> tell us about Mighty Oaks uh, Foundation. Well, uh, if, I, if I can, I have to finish that part to tell you really about Mighty Oaks Foundation because this is where all right, good the foundation really go really for it. To it. It's um, when when so when Steve had gave me that proposition, I knew that I tried everything and nothing else worked, and so I made a decision to surrender my life to Christ. Beyond that decision. Steve mentored me for an entire year in biblical living. And mm. what I discovered was all those bad things that happened to me didn't lead me to be in that closet with a pistol in my hand. What led me there were the choices I made in response to those things. And, and Steve started mentoring me biblical choices in response to the hardships of my life. And I started making better choices and very intentional mm. about those better choices in my life. And that led me to find restoration, hope again, and ultimately find purpose. And that purpose manifested in a deep burden that God put on my heart to really share it with others. Mm-hmm. And that resulted in the founding of Mighty Oaks Foundation, which we've been doing for 10 years now. And, and, uh, and essentially it's me wanting to pay forward what Steve and others did for me. It was like if I was dying of cancer and Steve gave me the cure, mm-hmm. like I didn't want to share it, I had to share it. I had an obligation to share it. And so we do several things at Mighty Oaks Foundation. We do Resiliency programs where I go to active duty bases and speak on spiritual resiliency, mm-hmm. suicide prevention. I've spoken to 150,000 active duty troops wow. on bases around the world. I've given away about 100,000 copies of my books. So that's why it's important to sell the books because I give away about 100,000 copies of those. Mm. Uh, the Marine Corps, Marine Corps boot camp lets, lets me speak to all these brand new recruits on spiritual resiliency wow. as they're going to Marine Corps boot camp. We have recovery programs. We have five ranches around the country that we fly active duty veterans. Uh, active duty military veterans, spouses, and first responders now, too. Mm-hmm. And we pay for everything, including their travel. We spend about $3.5 million a year on programming, bringing them to the ranches and taking them through a one-week peer-to-peer faith-based intensive to overcome their hardships in their life and get them on the same path that 
Steve was able to mentor me and disciple me onto. Well, what a blessing and, uh, you are, Chad. I, 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 I give you. <laughs> so we've had four thousand graduates. And we've had 4,000 graduates, and we're doing about 1,000 a year now. And again, we pay for everything, about $3.5 million a year of programs. Uh, just because Ameri- you know, so many grateful Americans, scholarship help us pay for these guys to come through and donate mm. at Mighty Oaks Foundation to get them through. Isn't that terrific? I'm so glad that uh, you came on with me. And, and particularly since this very day, you know, I, I was privileged to conduct the uh, funeral at a memorial service for uh, a gentleman who... Uh, actually, uh, the the service was concluded with military honors, and mm. uh, the the folding of the flag. It was and and then the playing of taps by uh, uh, two fully dressed to the hilt uh, army men. It was just absolutely terrific. And so this is coming at a uh, a wonderful time. And I I want to make your book available again to our listeners. It's an eighteen dollar book, friends, called Behind the Lines. Uh, 365 Daily Challenges for Military Personnel. Uh, it, it's yours for $16. What an incredible gift this would make uh, to someone uh, who is in the military, maybe somebody that uh, you know is is uh, going through difficulties, or not, because you don't necessarily know uh, when somebody is going through difficulties until all of a sudden the whole thing breaks apart. So this is a sustaining kind of book to encourage, to strengthen uh, those who are out there trying to protect us and uh, to at least preserve a nation that is worth uh, worth existing on the planet. So uh, the book is yours. It's on our website, saveus.org, Behind the Lines. I hope you'll get your copy. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Again, writing a check at $5 for postage and hand. Remember, as we launch the program here today, God says that all of us, whether or not we're in the military or not, are supposed to be soldiers of the cross. We're supposed to endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. So I have a question for you. Are you a good soldier of Jesus Christ? Think about it. Or have you gone AWOL? Or maybe subject to court-martial. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church.
Perhaps you're hearing that the weatherman has declared war on us, and uh, uh, I hear the rolling thunder out there, lightning and thunder. Hopefully we'll not be cast off the air here, uh, Chad, as we continue on. But I want to take a look at a couple of the uh, aspects in your table of contents. One has to do with uh, combat readiness. Combat readiness. And uh, I think we can think more broadly than those that are just in the military. But what I, what I sense is that the majority of professing Christians today are no more ready for spiritual warfare than the man of the moon. And so they're failing, losing the battle. Uh, what say you? Uh, I, I agree completely. I think, um, you know, I, I think our culture in general, uh, especially those Christians, and I'll, I'll speak specifically to those Christians here in America, have really lost uh, understanding of, of what it means to be a person of God, what it means to stand up and fight for the hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a culture right now where people are really scared to speak up for what's right. They're worried about being canceled or offended, offending people, and, uh, and they, they just have had a difficult time even saying the hard things that people need to hear, the hard truths that people need to hear, much less be prepared for true spiritual warfare. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I, I, I don't blame it on the culture, the, the corrupt culture. I blame it on, on the church. Um, you know, one of the reasons that I had a difficult time making my way to become a Christian is because what I saw in the church was not appealing to me. It wasn't as a young, you know, alpha male. It wasn't masculine to me, uh, and and I, I didn't see men who what I looked at looked for men that stood up mm-hmm. and uh, against the difficult things of this world. And yep. uh, and I think even now, as I am a Christian inside the church, I see it around me inside the church, and people just are not uh, willing to stand up for difficult things. And I think uh, Christians in general are are very ill prepared. Um, when it comes to spiritual warfare. Mm, no question about it. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 6, I believe it was, when he talked about uh, that we should put on the whole armor of God uh, and that we might be able to stand in the evil day and then having done all to stand, to stand. And the very first thing he says is that we should have our loins girt with truth. Well, truth has been a casualty uh, not only in the culture as a whole, but from all all over the the existing professing Christian community, whether evangelical or liberal, or whatever, truth has become a casualty. And so, how in the world are we going to gird our loins with truth as a Christian soldier if we're not even embracing truth? People are scared to speak it. Uh, they're scared what people are going to think if they speak it. Well, they're scared to embrace it as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because it might require something of me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, can you imagine? It's a difficult life. When when you go to boot camp, and I I haven't been to boot camp, but I can imagine what it is, okay? Uh, You go there, and you're not trained there to exercise your own viewpoint and your own opinion, are you? No. The military is not, not about you. It's not about you. It's not about your opinion. It's not about your viewpoint. It's not about me, me, me. It's not about your feelings, is it? No, no, not at all. All right, so what are you trained to do? 
Well, I mean, one of the main purposes of boot camp is the initial basic training is to make uh, young men and women uh, have an instant obedience to orders. Uh, if oh. I had to break down boot camp in a nutshell. So it, now uh, we understand then why the word <laughs> obey has become the most hated word in the church. Because <laughs> agree, yeah. as, as so-called Christian soldiers, we just don't want to do what God asks us to do. We're, we're in rebellion. Now, what happens in the military if a young man or woman rejects orders and decides to do what they want to do instead of following orders? What happens? Well, they're, they're, they're one of the first things is they're removed. They're going to be removed from the unit because it's going to be, it's going to be a, it, that kind of thing is cancerous and corruptive. To the exactly. Unit. It has to be removed from the unit. So it metastasizes like a virus, doesn't it? It does, and you have to remove that person. Uh, they're mm-hmm. not going to come. If they're not going to conform, they have to be removed. Uh, and this is where you know, the big problem that we see with this in- individualism entering our military right now, mm-hmm. where it's about your own identity. It's about you know this is where one of the dangers of the when people want to bring the the transgenderism and all this stuff into the military. There was a recent commercial put out with Emma and her two moms, and how uh, Emma was inspired to be- join the army because of her two moms. And, I uh, thought it was incredible. It was, it was sickening. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it just really goes to, the, to back to the fact that that why is the military seen as a, opp- a place for opportunity and individualism? It's never been about that. The military is a place for service, and uh, and when you go into the military, like I said, that first initial training is about learning your job. It's not about learning how to fight. That first initial part of boot camp is about learning how to be uh, instant obedience to orders. For the mission, the, the the mission of the military is clear. It has one purpose and one purpose only: is to win wars for our nation's national security and to protect our protect our. And the mission of the, the church is to win the spiritual war of righteousness against evil and yeah. to lead others to embrace Jesus Christ, who is the only hope uh, to reach righteousness and salvation. Uh, it, it seems pretty simple. But it seems that the new gospel today is all about, uh, you know, well, how do you feel? Like the song out of the 70s, how could it be wrong if it feels so right? Now you light up my life, you know? I mean, that came from a Christian singer. So we're, we're finding this spirit of rebellion, uh, of dissing obedience uh, to God as the commander-in-chief of, of of his army, or Christ is the commander in chief of his army, and so uh, we find the divorce rate for the past thirty years in America uh, in the church to have virtually equaled that of the nation as a whole. And in the Bible yeah. Belt of America, where you and I live, did you know that for the past twenty years the divorce rate has exceeded the nation as a whole by fifty percent? Christians have gone awol and are in absolute unmitigated rebellion against the word of God. You Christians can't get it right. How can we expect culture to get it right? There you go. So what, what I see, uh, there are so many analogies now, righteous analogies, biblical analogies, spiritual analogies between uh, warfare, as you understand it, and spiritual warfare. And we don't get it. We're just not getting it, and so uh, the church is collapsing, just like the nation is collapsing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, yep. this all is critically important, and I think it's interesting that in your table of contents 
for January, the very first agenda was family, your marriage and your kids. The very first agenda was family matters. That is the initial mission that we have, isn't it? It is our first ministry. I'm in full-time ministry. Uh, that's, that's, you know, my occupation, uh, it weren't Mighty Oaks Foundation, but my first ministry is not Mighty Oaks Foundation. My first ministry is my, is my home, my, my wife, my kids. Um, and this is the order that it has to be in because if my family is not intact, then how could I be uh, of service and ministry to others? Yeah. You can't be in combat readiness or anything else if you don't have that initial mission under control. Okay. And yet, you didn't have that under control. You were in deep distress with regard to your family, ready to blow your brains out, as a matter of fact. That's the ultimate kind of divorce. And uh, so your wife came to you. I want to repeat this thing. Your wife came to you in the closet, so to speak. And what did she say? Well, she just asked me, you know, how could I do all these things that I she witnessed me do in my life, like with you know, it's hard work ethic, professional discipline, all these things that I accomplished. And you know, I achieved a lot. I was, you know, made it in recon, in the force recon, the JSOC, mm-hmm. uh, which is Joint Special Operations Command Task Force. I was a professional athlete and you know, won a world championship as a fighter. She saw a lot of very successful things in my life. And so she was just asking me, how could you do all of those things when it comes to your family? You'll quit. My wow. priorities were out of order. And so and, uh, that jerked your chain, didn't it? Yeah, because I mean, at the time, for the wrong reasons, right. because of my ego. <laughs> <laughs> Commonly called pride. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, my ego and pride, if I'm just being honest. But uh, but even though it was uh, you know, based on the wrong things at the time, it led to the right result, which was me you know, challenging me to to really make a, a reflection, like a self-reflect on my life and yeah. come to the conclusion, like, yeah, she was, she's right. I had been successful in professional things in my life, but it became the most important things, what's really most important. All right, that jerked your chain and uh, gave the Lord the opportunity by his spirit to bring somebody into your life uh, to begin to mentor you back on to a righteous path uh, so that you could fulfill God's intended mission for your life. Uh, That's right. How long did that take? It was was a year with that man, is that correct? Would would. How long did it take? Yeah. How long did it take in the, in the mentoring process with that uh, man? Well, I mean, immediately when I first met with the man, you know, I was at such a rock bottom place uh, when I met him that, uh, you know, I, I immediately in, in that first meeting with him get, surrendered my life to Christ. All right. Uh, so you had to come to the place where you admitted that you were at rock bottom. I was at rock bottom. I mean, I, 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 I did not want to live another day. You know, I was, I was so hopeless that, okay. uh, you know, just, just the, the living was exhausting. Like the, um, I was just exhausted with being alive. Like I, and, um, and, and watching myself drag my family through what I was dragging my family through. And, and so you uh, committed so, your life to Christ. And then how did that play out with regard to the restoration it, of your marriage? It played out with him, uh, this man, Steve, being willing to mentor me on a daily basis and disciple me on a daily basis for about a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and through that was uh, in the discipleship mentorship, uh, he and his wife mentored us as a, as a couple as well. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, and so 
within uh, that first month, we moved back in the same home, and uh, and it, and you know it it was a lot of work. It was a tremendous amount of, of work to uh, win the win and earn the trust of my, my wife back. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because because in the midst of all that, there was an affair as well, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of winning the, the trust of my wife back to to show them that this was for real, it was permanent, that it wasn't uh, a phase or or a ploy to get them back. That it well, was, it uh, takes time for that to happen, doesn't it? it trust time, is, yeah, doesn't it grow on time. trees. No, no, it took time, and it took a lot of work on both of our part. And, uh, you know, today we, uh, I say today and this month, we celebrate 26 years. So. Well, praise the Lord. And uh, how does your wife now feel about what you're doing? Well, my wife's as part of what I'm doing as I am. She's a, uh, you know, we felt called to do this together. We started Mighty Oaks together, mm. and uh, we, you know, we've we've spoken at hundreds of churches together. Or you know, she's been there in the front row while I've spoken at churches, and mm. and so you know, she was just reading their, their the, my other book, An Unfair Advantage, uh, which was a number one bestseller. It's being made into a motion picture film, mm. and uh, so we've been working with the script writers, and uh, and so we were just going through. She was just going through the uh, her journals. Uh, that she was, and she was praying for me when I was, uh, living in that apartment by myself. And she was going through her journals and, uh, showing some of the, her prayers, you know, prayers like, God, let me see Chad the way you see Chad. Let me love Chad the way you love Chad. Let me forgive Chad the way you forgive Chad. These prayers that she was praying over me while I was betraying her and wow. with other women and, and, uh, and being cruel to her and, and, uh, you know, all these things she was just praying and fighting for me. And uh, and she was just showing me yesterday, and just kind of rejoicing that these prayers were were answered. You know, she's like, you know, Chad's like a leader. Chad's Chad's uh, Chad does all these great things in the military. Like, imagine if he did it for for you, God. Like, wow! So she was declaring by faith, uh, God's yes. purposes over your life. What a beautiful story! Uh, I I tell you, we focused in on that because I think it touches so many so many lives. Uh, there's such uh, pain, uh, such brokenness uh, out there, even among professing Christians. And uh, God has called us to be soldiers of the cross, uh, to endure hardship as good soldiers, and then to walk by faith and not by sight and not go AWOL. The book, friends, Behind the Lines, what an encouragement this book is for men, women who have been in the military, or even others, perhaps, uh, $18 book yours for $16 on our website, saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Become a partner, friends. Do it today. Don't delay. We're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.